Welcome to Support Up Simplified, where we interview thought leaders in the great field of customer support operations to provide you with actionable insights from the brightest minds in the industry. And now, your host, Sid Bumbani, CEO of Sumati. Okay, we're good to go. Hey, Peter. Um, this is Sid, and I am super excited to um, introduce our guest today, Peter Muir, um, who is the manager of tech support at uh, a fastest grow- one of the fastest growing uh, technology companies here in Waterloo called Degero. Welcome, Peter. Welcome to the show. Hey, Sid. Great, uh, th- great to be chatting with you, and thanks very much for having me on this uh, the show. Great. Um, so a little bit about Peter. Um, he has a couple of decades of experience in the customer support field now, um, you know, starting with uh, a number of technology companies and moving on to the likes of BlackBerry in their heyday and, and now at Digero. And uh, he's he's one of those guys who started his support journey in the trenches and, and now leads a team um, across the globe. Um, so Peter, you know, with, with your experience, I guess the first question I'll ask you is how did you get started and where did this all start? Yeah. So, uh, as you mentioned, I've had a couple of decades, uh, which is scary when you say it like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started my career back, uh, in the late nineties when the internet was kind of taking off, uh, doing help desk at an ISP. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and transition, I'll save you a lot of the boring stuff in the trench work, but started, uh, picking things up at, uh, Blackberry, uh, advancing pretty quickly through the ranks and support there, uh, picking up some knowledge management skills and doing KCS coaching. Um, then, uh, you know, the, the typical, uh, a downfall of BlackBerry uh, happened. And so from there, I transitioned into Digero. Uh, started back in the phone system there, but quickly advanced as well. Uh, went back to school. I did some training, uh, really getting my certification in the adult education and how to teach people. So um, positioned that into a role doing uh, the head trainer, uh, building out knowledge management, uh, knowledge bases, uh, and training content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for the last two years, I've been leading the support team at Digero. Yeah. No, and, and that's, it really is fantastic. And I mean, pers- you know, Peter, we, you and I know each other at a personal level. And, and one of the things that I've always found fascinating about your journey um, and about even the way you approach support um, operations or support concepts in general is that focus on coaching and teaching. Um, so the, you know, the fact that you led KCS programs and, and incorporated that into, um, your journey in such a big way speaks a lot to that. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about how do you see that as being an important part of support in general, the, the knowledge management and the coaching aspect? Well, yeah, I, I think it's really important from uh, just a customer experience perspective in making sure that the knowledge that you're capturing is uh, reflected inside articles and future learning opportunities for other agents. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes to repeat work. Uh, and so that being said, you know, teaching your reps and agents 
to start adapting to the KCS methodology where they're going to take the knowledge that they learned and translate that, if you will, into an article that will help future agents is a big, big step. Um, specifically with DeGero, we have a very complicated product mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so not everybody's going to know all of the answers and that's totally okay. Uh, and it's been said by many people that tech support is not knowing all the answers, but knowing where to find them. Exactly. And so giving them that library of content to go and find this material cuts down on the customer's wait time and the, the time to solve a case. So I think that's really, really important. Okay. And and how, how big of a team are we talking about at Digero uh, that you're managing today? So I actually run a fairly small team, uh, you know, in the grander scheme of things. Um, I'm the only member of the operations team. We don't have team leads uh, yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and my agent team is at nine. We've got nine people. And that also includes... Uh, a repair technician who uh, she does a great job at uh, doing the hardware repairs. So it's a small team. Interesting. Yeah. And and so with a small team like that, it becomes even more critical to make sure that you have the knowledge in the right places so that people can pick up from where the other people left off. Right. Yeah. So it's because of the complicated product mix that I was mentioning and the smaller team and the fact that we support 24-7 with nine people uh, makes it difficult to stay on top of all of the changing uh, products and changes and software releases that one might expect in that type of product mix. So it's important that we're capturing that sort of knowledge uh, and making sure that it's accessible to everybody. Interesting. And so what what kind of tools and and tech stack are you guys using in your day-to-day operations? I mean, you mentioned it's a 24 by 7 operation, which uh, that's fascinating. Um, How do you guys keep up? What what are the tools you use? So largely where we do JIRA and Confluence for uh, escalations, uh, not really for tickets, though. Mm -hmm. Um, When I I say what we use for tickets, it kind of makes people laugh is because we use NetSuite um, and that really ties in to the hardware components right. to the financial aspect. Uh, and that's why we use it. It's not, not one, that, no, definitely not our first choice, but the idea of having that accessibility into where and when the products were built uh, is important to us. And so we do tie our tickets into that. And so, yeah, it's not a support focused ticketing system. There, there's clearly better ones for that, but for what DeGero needs it for, it, it actually functions pretty well. Uh, so we use that, but uh, in terms of the knowledge, we're using Zendesk for their knowledge base. Okay. We use Confluence for the internal knowledge base. So there's some of the more traditional support software toolboxes that we kind of get into. Uh, we use Jenkins to do a lot of the automation stuff that, that we're doing mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis Interesting. And, and yeah, you know, I, I get the, we, we always get into the tools discussion uh, when we're having these mm-hmm. chats with, uh, it doesn't matter who it is. And at the end of the day, the tools are a means to an end. Um, and as long as you can run your business and run it effectively, you know, no tool is perfect and you're going to have to put up with some quirks. Um, so I guess the, the, the segue over here from tools is the means to that end is 
what are some of the most important metrics for you as a support organization? And what are you tracking today? Um, well, what we're tracking, we don't really do individual metrics. Um, uh, okay. we, we, we've chatted about this before, just with regards to, I'm not really... I guess I'm not really interested in knowing the average handle time of a, of a particular agent, or I'm not really concerned with their after work time. Now it is a smaller team. So that probably has a whole lot to do with that. Obviously, as you scale a larger team, that those metrics are important because then you're kind of getting lost uh, in the forest because of the trees. Right. Uh, but that being said, I'm more interested in how the customer is serviced by my agents uh if it takes an hour to fix their problem then it takes an hour Mm -hmm. Uh, if it's five minutes then it's five minutes and at the end of the day i'm really looking for the customer experience and how the customer was uh serviced during the interaction so with that said i'm looking at more um, of the, uh, the the team based metrics where I can see the average response rate to the mm-hmm. incoming ticket or the overall ticket volume that just tells me do I need to you know bring on more agents or you know offer overtime to people that are currently working interesting uh, so 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 my team is small as I mentioned nine people. Uh, so when he, and when an agent isn't performing, because a lot of people might think, well, how do you how do you find that? Uh, those problems bubble up to the top real quick uh, because yeah, yeah, it will become pretty apparent by itself, right? Exactly. So uh, now it's not really scalable. So we're looking at introducing uh, CSATs uh, and relying on some of the technology to give us a better picture of how our agents and how our customers are feeling. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so you, you touched on a very interesting aspect here, and I think um, you know it's it's poignant if you look at it. You said these individual KPIs you're not particularly interested in, but you're you're interested in how that translates to a customer experience. Um, so how how do you collect um, data about your customers' experience today? Are they filling out surveys? Are you doing something other than KPIs to collect that? No, nothing at all, really. Uh, surprisingly, nothing at all. Um, the feedback that we get um, is usually via email directly to me. They'll, they'll let me know how they feel. They'll let me know if one of their interactions didn't go as they felt. Uh, or even they might even let the founder know. Um, okay. I, th- I, think, I think one of the things to, to mention that's really important here is that our product mix has a certain degree of stickiness to it. Um, we don't have a lot of churn in our business mm-hmm. because of the the amount that people uh, have to invest to to get the product into their business and up and running. Uh, it's not small. Uh, right. So, so that being said, you're not going to have a lot of people that just say, "Well, I, you know, I'm not going to use your product anymore because of a bad interaction." Rather, they're going to be uh, motivated to work with my team to get to the bottom of the problem. Interesting, and, and that might mean I have to visit them on site, and so there's there's some travel involved with with this role. Interesting. So, what what are some of the challenges um, that you are seeing as your business continues to grow? I mean, some of the things uh, you mentioned and, and are somewhat obvious in terms of like the scaling problems that you'll have. Um, what what do you foresee some of those things to be? 
Really, it's it's a matter of of understanding the markets. Um, so we're we're launching new a, a new product uh, called uh, Iron Road, and it just involves really a whole mix of all of our products together. Uh, traditionally, you'd buy one or two pieces, but this is really a mix of them all. And and the challenges with introducing that to different markets, whether it's it's South America or if it's Europe. Um, there's, there's different challenges to that. Uh, right now, we're we're having some problems streaming video from Iraq over to Slovenia, and so mm-hmm. there's challenges inherent with the geography and the whole political system that's going on right now. That requires my team to build out the the sort of log analysis that needs to be done, uh, and that's that's the challenges that we see scaling up to this is you know this is one site well how, how about when it turns to a hundred sites what does that look like right you know do we have to build out uh an entire knock to start monitoring this are we going to get into the whole managed services side of the business mm-hmm. that's all stuff that needs to be explored well and that's that's such an interesting uh thought right because from a customer perspective, their experience is the sum of the product quality, the service they get, but in your case or in your product's case, also the network that delivers that service. So what I'm hearing is you probably need to do more on all of these fronts to be able to control that overall experience. Is, is that Does that sound right? Yeah, absolutely. 100% accurate is that... You know, we're dealing with an Azure cloud infrastructure. We're dealing with uh, with customers that cannot afford to lose any sort of connectivity. Um, you know, primarily uh, in our in our broadcast stream is we're dealing with news agencies. Mm-hmm. That is obviously a very important um, delivery system for them to get the content to the TV sets, and so they can't afford any downtime. Likewise, on the connectivity front. We're looking at a whole bunch of different uh, aspects that cannot lose that connectivity, whether it's disaster recovery to the first responder market. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. And so it's not your typical consumer-based router. This is, this is enterprise-level grade connectivity that, that mm-hmm. needs to be looked after. And so the team needs to scale with that. And so those are the challenges that we're currently looking at. And, and you could say it's somewhat of a chicken and egg problem. You know, we, we need so? to have the infrastructure to be built in order to sell it, but then we need to sell it in order to build it. Ah, okay. Uh, and, so then you get, then, and then you got to get, then you have to get the team in order to support it. Um, and so what does that look like, right? And so those are the challenges that we're going through right now. Interesting, interesting. Well, let's let's actually take a step higher than that, Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, what What... I'm looking at over here is the interdependency of customer experiences across the board, right? So while your challenges are to deliver a great customer experience, that is somewhat hinged on the fact that you're using different services and providers, and that feeds into the customer experience that your customers end up receiving on the other end, right? Yeah, yeah. And so how are you managing those relationships today? Because you can't manage every aspect of the flow. Um, what what kind of things do you have in place um, with you as the consumer on the other end to say, this is what I want to make sure my customers are happy? 
Yeah, that's that, that's actually a really good question. So uh, we have a really solid DevOps team. Uh, okay. And, and those guys are, they're great. Uh, they're great. So if you're listening, hi, guys. Uh, but basically, <laughs> those, uh, those guys do a real stand-up job with keeping the infrastructure kind of glued together. They're, they're on call 24-7 like my team is. Um, and so they manage the whole Azure side of things. They're looking at the infrastructure, making sure that the databases are going along as they should mm-hmm. be. And really, the entire DeGero infrastructure, uh, is they're all performing together. So there's a lot of uh, interdependencies, as you mentioned, between our two teams. We literally sit beside one another. Right. Um, and so it's a matter where as soon as we start seeing customers complaining about a certain thing, we're notifying them. Uh, more, more often, the case is that they're notifying us to say, hey, look, we're starting to see you know, this, started, this sort of specific infrastructure without getting into detail. Uh, it's starting to tick up you guys are going to start seeing impact and then we can respond from a support team right. much more effectively, right? We can start preparing sort of notifications to customers and, you know, all, all of that good stuff. Uh, so. And that's, that's such an interesting trend because I mean, you and I have been in this industry for a while and mm-hmm. you know, it used to be a very break fix kind of business, right? So you, you get a call, you answer it, you fix the problem and you move on. And, and over time, as companies start delivering SaaS solutions or cloud solutions, it's turning into more of a proactive service, um, which has always been, you know, the aging for us, for us to achieve. Uh, how do you, how do you see the DevOps and support relationship progressing towards that I, I think yeah you're right it's uh it's it's a transparency model i think you have to be transparent with you know everybody talks about having five nines uh and all that stuff and that's going to become more and more important because that's going to be the delineator between you know one company versus another and why should i pick you versus another one is you can start being transparent to those types of numbers. Exactly. Um, And so when you can start boasting that you have a 95% answer rate or your chat feedback is a hundred percent, or you have, you know, a great CSAT feedback of uh, of, of whatever number um, or an MPS score of nine, right? Those numbers, (laughs) you're going to start being able to, 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 to advertise them as, as metrics to say why you should pick, one company over another. And so that interdependency between DevOps and support is going to be extremely important. The two of them, I think, have a big enough difference between the skill sets required that you're not going to see the two teams uh, merge. Mm -hmm. You've got one team that's very customer focused versus one team that is clearly very database driven and uh you know they're going to be more important towards the um uh the uptime side of things no that's that's actually a very interesting observation peter in the in the way the interdependencies are between service and service provision and in fact that's you know it's a great um, way to think about what the future holds for support in general um where where do you see support going in terms of us being able to turn the corner and and achieve that philosophy of being able to get to customers before they get to us yeah so so i think the the 
direction that we see we're going is and uh, more interdependency between customer experience and support. Um, I've seen models where customer experience is the entire support department, mm-hmm. and they focus on a more proactive model, whereas you know your traditional support is reactive, as you mentioned, the whole break-fix scenario. Uh, and that's what we currently run right now. We don't have a customer experience team by name, but the responsibilities that you typically find in a customer experience team are shared between uh, our sales ops team, our support team, uh, right. and and our regional sales managers, even to a certain extent, are looking after certain aspects. Um, we can tell if a customer is not using our product, and we will reach out proactively, which is traditionally a customer experience mm-hmm. role. So... Um, you know, th- that being said, I think, do we, do we need to see a customer experience team? Probably. Um, yeah. And, you know, there, there'll be some sort of, you know, merging of the job roles uh, as it goes, it goes in where, you know, the support team that I currently lead will do away with a lot of the proactive stuff and really focus on that problem solving uh, idea. Yeah. Well, what, what you said is very interesting, Peter, because you know, given the, the size of the company and the way you've kind of grown the culture from the grassroots, it sounds like it's the customer experience is not a role, it's a mindset. And, and that's some of the conversations we've had with our other guests on the show too, where to, for it to really take root in an organization, it needs to be a shared responsibility between various other departments, right? Yeah, so it was, it was interesting you brought up your other guests. Uh, I did I did have the opportunity to listen to some of the other podcasts, and uh, the one the one point uh, I forget who it was, and I apologize. The one that resonated with me was how he uh, he took an, an entrepreneur um, an entrepreneurial sort of uh, perspective to support where it's your customer, not. Not say, for example, DeGero's customer, it's my ticket, it's my customer, and I'm going to see that through. So their customer experience is still mine, and I'm going to take care of that customer and see them through the entire journey, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that sort of that really resonated with me in a sense where, where it's, it's, it's entrepreneurial, like I own the business, even yeah. though clearly I don't. Um, so yeah, so I think, I think it's, people will do well when they're really invested in the customer, they're invested in the product. Uh, mm-hmm. and that translates well to definitely my experience with my career is that I constantly just kind of treated the customer as my own. Interesting. So, you know, given the experience you have, Peter, and, and the number of places you've worked at, who's, who's the one person who you would say has been a great mentor for you that you've learned a lot of the support operations, um, kind of tips and tricks from yeah so um i would say you know it, it, this this question brings us some good memories um uh, of an old manager uh whose name was tom and sadly i heard that he passed a few years back but i think reflecting on what he taught me was in my role as a system access administrator which i only held for a year mm-hmm. i was a contract position but we were con- constantly being audited by the by the provincial government on a monthly mm-hmm. basis. So it was banking and finance and all that stuff. Well, that must have been a fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it taught me. It taught me a lot. And what he taught me was to always be able to back up 
my decisions with documentations, sort of a CYA, huh. if you will. Yeah. Um, and so the one thing I always remember him doing was he used to look at me and hold up his hand, palm facing out, as in that that's his imaginary piece of paper showing me why he did what he did. Hmm. Um, and so it seems like an innocuous example, um, but my short time there gave me the kind of um, tool to be successful in my roles to follow my in, in, in my career, like to always say, this is why I did it. Um, and you know, again, I'm, I'm holding on my palm here, imaginary, <laughs> an imaginary piece of paper. This is why I did it. And so I'm backing up every single one of my decisions. And so with my dedication to the um, documentation aspect of things with my yeah. tickets, this is why I did it. My tickets are going to be, uh, you know, really rich in notes and detail. And so that's why I decided to do it. And sometimes I'm wrong. And, and a lot of times I've failed. And so the idea is that you keep on getting, you know, picking yourself back up, dusting yourself off and continue to move forward. So that's that's a great story. And and it, it, it even resonates with me more because one of the things that um, I've heard in the past is, you know, you're not always going to make the right decision but you will at least know that you made the right decision based on the data you had at that time. And like, you're not going to remember what it was unless you've written it down or, or you have it in a way that you can go back to it, right? So I think, I think it definitely helps from that perspective as well. Yeah, the, um, if I can share the one, um, the one uh, quote that is currently up on my whiteboard, you've been in my office, you've seen that quote, uh, Sid, where... Um, and I'll briefly say you can look it up. It's Teddy Roosevelt's uh, The Man in the Arena where, uh, you know, the man bleeds and he sweats and he fights and he fails and he fails and he keeps on getting back up. And I'm paraphrasing here yeah. uh, where the, the, the you know, no matter how many times you fail, you pick yourself back up and you learn from your experience and you move on. Yeah. No, that's um, I, I have seen that quote. And I think that's a, it's a very poignant um, court to to end our discussion on. I think it's mm -hmm. been an absolute pleasure, uh, Peter, talking to you and and learning from your experience. And it really is a unique industry in the one that you're in, and it gives us a lot of perspective about how support is is on this cusp of an evolution. Um, so thanks for your time, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed your chat. And we look forward to hearing from you again. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Sid, and uh, we'll definitely talk later. All right. Have a nice day. You too. Thanks for listening to Support Up Simplified with Sid Bambani of Sumati. Tune in next week for another interview with a customer support operations thought leader.